and welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This is episode 104, Escape from Existential Dread with updates from Atlassian. I'm your host, Ryan Spilkin, and I'm joined today by Brenda Burrell and our temporary guest host du jour, the one and only Danny Coleman. Brenda, Danny, hello. Hello. Howdy. Thanks for having me. I didn't know this would be temporary, but thank you. Well, Danny, you might know that our normal you is uh, Matthew Stubblefield, and Matthew and his wife, April, have just welcomed new baby Isaac to the family. So, Matthew, April, and Simon, congratulations. He's so cute. Congrats, Matthew, and your family. We are very, very excited to welcome Isaac. Way to go, bud. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and let me and let me tell you from the pictures, Isaac gives uh, Baby Yoda a run for his money. True story. Uh, enough about cuteness, and let's move on to cloudness because there's first of all, cloudness is not a word. Um, I hereby decree it is a word. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, in in our royal cloudness, the Jira platform has received several updates in the past um, two weeks including a few updates to advanced roadmaps. First, now you'll be able to access an advanced field menu in your roadmap where the new and improved menu will give you custom fields from Jira and then you can reorder those fields as well. You're also able to export your advanced roadmaps out to CSV for those of you who cannot deal without a spreadsheet. Also, a nice touch, they've connected advanced roadmaps to Confluence Cloud so that you'll be able to share plans within a Confluence page, which actually turns out a lot of people don't want to log into Jira. I didn't think it was going to be like that. You know, I just thought people loved logging into Jira, but it turns out they want to see pages in Confluence. Fine. In next-gen projects, you'll have a the Epic panel in your backlog, so you can now manage Epics from your backlog view in uh, in next-gen projects, which is something we're we're pretty used to in the cloud experience. But they're still adding on features to the next-gen project. You've also got subtasks visible on cards in classic boards, which is fairly self-explanatory. And last but not least, back in advanced roadmaps for Jira. The newest update um, is a enhanced issue search. That's it for the Jira platform. Going back to you folks who prefer to see things on Confluence pages, uh, there are a number of new updates to Confluence Cloud. And I'm going to confess that I'm feeling a little bit of deja vu because I swear we've talked about these before. Ryan assures me we haven't. So I just want to point out that Ryan's telling me that I'm crazy. No, 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 no. We have <laughs> talked about it, but it is slightly different. Yeah. Um, they've, they've, you're, 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 we have talked about it. Okay. It is different feel, this time though. I feel validated, Ryan. Thank you I'm for sorry. that. I'm sorry. I did not um, mean, I would never No, mean, no, no, no. I was, I was teasing you. <laughs> um, so one of the new things from a couple weeks back was um, being able to use keyboard shortcuts to create undefined placeholder pages. So as you're writing along, um, you can type placeholder page name, create the placeholder, and it will hold the new page, or you can click it later when you're viewing it to create the new page. Ryan and I have fundamental philosophical differences on yep. the efficacy of this feature. I think it's awful. Ryan thinks it's fantastic. I allow you, dear listener, to make your own choice 
on placeholder pages. If you are one who uses them, now you can in Confluence Cloud, and you can use a shortcut, keyboard shortcut to do it as well. Wait a minute. Why don't we have Danny break the tie? Danny, placeholder pick, quick. Danny. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Ryan. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. We'll allow Ryan to wallow in his sadness um, over placeholder pages. In addition to this in Confluence Cloud, um, the people menu in product navigation is going to give you a quick way to see and get to people and teams you work with the most. The cool thing here is you have the ability to create new teams from the menu and get to a directory of all people and teams. Um, I I think this is a really cool feature. Um, Probably going to be very useful and uh, interesting to see how, how that evolves over time. Uh, There are a few other things that are rolling out, um, and then some more recent news, um, Jira issue URLs being converted to smart links, converting pages to use the new editor, advanced roadmaps for Jira macro. Um, So a number of changes. Be sure to check the show notes for the links to the updates to Confluence Cloud. On the Bitbucket Cloud side, one quick update. They've updated the pull request preferences, which lets you choose which preferences you want to have when viewing files in a pull request, um, which you could do before, but now under the the sidebar heading, you can also select if you want to display those files in a list or a tree view. So just kind of a, a nice little addition that lets you choose how you want to view your files. And switching over to server, as we look at Jira and Jira Service Desk, on November 2nd, Atlassian launched uh, new point releases for both both software and and JSD. For Jira software, it's 8.13.1, and for JSD, it's 4.13.1. Those are available to install today. Um, And the reason that may be significant for you is because both of those releases are uh, long-term support releases, which are designed for larger, more complex instances. Uh, For context, um, at Adaptivist, when we help organizations upgrade their instances, vast majority of the time, we're recommending a long-term support release because of the increased support and the value that it provides. So if you recently updated to the most recent point zero release, and you may have noticed some aberrant behavior, you might want to take a look at these new point one releases to see if there's uh, bug fixes available. So, and as always, we'll have a link to the release notes in episode details. Similarly, in Confluence Server version 7.8.3, it is a bug fix release. Nothing too much of note, minus the, the super annoying error that was caused by batch dragging and dropping of files, causing publishing to fail. So I could see, as someone who, who often uploads several uh, files to Confluence pages, how that could be annoying. So if, uh, if you're getting complaints of that, 7.8.3 is the version for you. And moving on to Bitbucket Server... Um release announced of 7.7 for server and data center. There's some cool stuff in here, but the most important and the thing that everybody's going to be the most excited about is emoji reactions to comments. I feel like this is the critical functionality that we've been waiting for uh, when you are commenting on anything you now have a menu where you can find your emoji. So it could be a thumbs up, a check mark, a little flame, um, 
there's an add reaction button and uh, see commenting on a pull request, which is on the uh, information we'll link to in the show notes for more information on that. So uh, aside from that killer feature right there, which if you're not currently using Bitbucket, this might be what gets <laughs> you to do it. Um, in server and data center, new code review workflow for batching and pu publishing comments. Uh, so you can draft multiple comments on files during a review process and then send them off all at once. Um, saves you some time and unnecessary back and forth exchanges with the pull request author. Uh, so a little improvement in communication there. Um, rendering of Jupyter notebooks, which I confess I had not heard of prior to this, but they're absolutely wonderful. Um, Jupyter notebook being um, sort of an interactive computing environment that lets you include documents, um, documentation, narrative text, plots, widgets, all of these cool things. Um, so I think it's really fascinating. Um, I'm really excited to see Bitbucket pulling this functionality in and, and supporting that directly in Bitbucket. Um, to use it, commit a .ipynb file to a new or existing repo, uh, and then you can view the rendered notebook. Uh, more information on that, again, in the show notes. Um, you can automatically decline inactive pull requests, um, accessible colors for diff view. Um, one thing that is Occasionally a problem is the, the diff views use red and green and not everyone can see red and green. Um, so you are able to switch. Um, there's a color option that uses blue and yellow for added and removed. Um, so I think that's a great addition. Um, one thing to note for the admins, um, 7.7 now supports running git 2.29 for server. Um, and we will be deprecating with when 8.0 comes out, we will be removing support for MariaDB 10.1. Um, so information about upgrading to Bitbucket 7.7 .7 and those sweet, sweet emoji reactions linked in the show notes. Continuing on in the land of Bitbucket, and this actually brings us back to cloud a little bit, um, Atlassian posted a blog post on the 28th of October um, around some incidents with um, service levels. Uh, on the morning of October 6th, automated alerts indicated something was wrong, increased memory usage on some hosts, elevator, elevated error rates, and extended end-to-end -end delivery times for outbound webhooks. Um, able to mitigate customer impact um, and then some analysis into what had happened and why. Um, they have a, a, a good lessons learned analysis of what happened, um, including increasing their automation testing to catch layer violations, such as the one that triggered this incident before it got to production, um, getting a little bit better tooling and monitoring in there. Um, so the... The blog post is very interesting talking about ways that it's um, improving performance and reliability for Bitbucket Cloud. Uh, if this is something that interests you, um, there's some really cool charts and data points in this. Uh, so we'll be linking to that in the show notes. Uh, enjoy a little light reading about performance, reliability, et cetera, et cetera, in Bitbucket Cloud. Continuing on in the land of developers, um, one of our developers at Adaptivist pointed out a well-spotted, um, not 
largely communicated thing in that um, the REST API docs are now showing um, Forge documentation. Uh, so Forge obviously um, is the app development platform that Atlassian is building. Um, very much in beta. If you're using it, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not using it, you may not know what I'm talking about, and that's totally okay. Uh, the important thing to know is that um, if you are looking at API docs, which many developers live in API docs, um, when you get down to example areas, you're going to see um, examples for Forge along with CURL, Node.js, Java, Python, PHP. Um, so it gives you some additional examples. Um, just a little under the radar thing, but kudos to uh, Paul Saunders for noticing this nice little addition to the API docs. Good work, Paul. And jumping over to the world of Trello. Uh, they've announced some major changes that are on the horizon, and they're mostly centered around the idea of views. So different visualization options that are going to allow you to kind of slice and dice your information in new ways. If you're using Trello right now, you're using what they're calling a board view. Um, once these new views roll out, you'll have options for a more freeform list view, a timeline view that's going to help you identify project dependencies in theory, a pulled out team view that offers a higher level cross-functional perspective, and then also a workload distribution view to help managers keep an eye on the even evenness of task distribution. In addition to the new views, it also looks like you'll be able to link boards together and have cards that actually share data across multiple boards, which is pretty cool. Um, the, yeah, I know. The, the goal there being to help break down information silos and kind of uniformly share out, radiate that information, right? Interesting. I know, yeah. They're calling it the future of Trello. Um, there's no rollout plan right now, but business class and enterprise users can try out beta versions of a couple of the new views. So it's all sounding pretty cool. What do you guys think of those changes? That's exciting to me. I mean... It all looks really cool. Um, my initial take from this blog post is what they're showing here are very clearly wireframes. And, and some of them are GIFs, which is love nice. We, we love a good GIF around here. But they're not showing any actual screenshots or screen captures. This is all still very much in ideation phase. Um, so what you're seeing here may change. Um, it looks pretty polished. Uh, it looks like they've definitely put a lot of thought into the information design as opposed to what the actual look and feel will look like. Um, so it will be interesting to see how this evolves. Um, looking forward to seeing, you know, actual changes as they roll out. Um, but yeah, a really, really nice roadmap for Trello. Uh, lots of cool stuff to look forward to. Yeah, it's definitely an evolution of the functionality. And what's really interesting to me and what I'm not quite sure about is how this new Trello plays with uh, Jira and other project management tools and, and where there might be functionality overlaps in the future. Are we, is, is Trello moving closer to a, a project management or, or enterprise tool? Oh, you can, you can connect Trello into Jira line already. So I don't think I knew that. Wow. Let me, you know what, before I open mouth and sort of foot. <laughs> I am 99% sure. 
because we we definitely have we definitely know of a lot of uh, companies that are using Trello at a, at an enterprise level, and this seems to be yep. a move to help them do that in a. Uh, yeah, it feels like a move to make Trello more enterprise friendly, but also, I guess the 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 thought is: Are they going to cannibalize their own business with Jira? Long, long term, long, long term. What what is the roadmap of one versus the other? Interesting Who question. Knows? Interesting question. Do you have some insight? Listeners, we would love to hear from you. And finally, I'm excited to announce that next week marks the debut of Team Titans Season 2. And our first guest is best-selling author and CEO of the Marketing Society, Sophie Devonshire. Let me give you a quick preview of what's to come next week. Coding, laying on coding, technology and technology, platforms, platforms. We all know what's happened. And what that's then done is generated a world which is full of impatience. So if you're in business, you've got the hot breath of the shareholder saying things like, well, hold on a second. You know, if Uber can go from nothing to a $58 billion valuation in five years, why is it taking you so long to launch that new product? And that's it for this edition of Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to connect with us on social at Adaptivist. For Brenda Burl and Danny Coleman, I'm Ryan Spilkin, and we'll see you next time on Adaptivist Live. I was going to say it's like developers gone wild, but that was even worse than the... Yeah. That's the yeah. miracle of editing. <laughs> of course, like, yes. You know, because this is not going to, this is.